Well, good morning. Before we jump into baptisms, pun intended, I want to talk a little bit about a false belief system that can often impact us as followers of Jesus. And on the one hand, if this belief system were true, it would really help as if you're you know, wrestling with sin. We're all sinful people. We're not, if you're a Christ follower, you're not a slave to sin anymore. You've certainly been freed from sin, but sin's still a part of our life. On the other hand, it would complicate our relationships if we were to live this way. It could severely impact your health or your ability to even live a long life. But on the opposite side of this, if you took the real extreme approach of this false belief system, it could really help in many ways. It could impact your physical health in a very positive way. Uh, This extreme approach might lead to places of judgment and pride, however. Whichever path you would take on this false belief system, you would do so all in your own strength, your own will. It would just be your, your determination, your dedication. And before I tell you what this false belief system is, I want to try to provide a couple of examples of where you may have seen this in your life or maybe experienced it for yourself. One is, if, if you were just really on the extreme side of this, you'd become a little legalistic. You would think that everything that you did needed to be perfect, Right? You'd watch everything that goes into your body, anything that goes into your mind. That might impact where you might eat, what what stores you might shop at, what TV shows or movies you would watch. Or maybe you would say, I'm not going to watch any of those things at all. And In biblical terms, we may say things like, it would be living in in these kind of ways. It would be maybe gluttony, not just food, but just feeding yourselves in unhealthy ways, sexual immorality, drunkenness things that the Bible says, hey, these aren't the healthiest decisions you could make. On the other hand, if we lived in this way and and decided, hey, we're going to take this extreme approach, that could actually help us, right? If we're watching everything that goes into our body, we could probably be pretty healthy. It probably gives us a really, really good thought life. This legalistic lifestyle can help in many ways. But the challenge, of course, is we're not supposed to live in this either or. It is an and kind of life that we live. It's both and. That's what the Bible is. And if we live very legalistic, legalistically, this list of things we can and can't do can get really, really, really long. And oftentimes, we're very legalistic. We might spend a lot of time studying Scripture, right? A lot of times praying and fasting. So we can see, like, some of these are really good things, but we're pursuing perfection. And it's not about perfection. It's really about our intentions that matter to God. Christianity, being a Christ follower, isn't about these two separate worlds of a physical idea and this spiritual idea. It is both. And this is what we're going to look at in this letter that the Apostle Paul uh, writes to the Colossians. We're going to see that this is a false belief system this community has. They think that the physical is all about just getting to the spiritual, which is why Paul says things in the first couple of chapters. He says things like, we ask God to give you a complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then he says things like, He has enabled you, Jesus, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. It's why Paul spends lots of time talking and addressing these false beliefs because they had this belief system that taught them if they just pursued the spiritual with their physical body, they believed they could manipulate their way into these spiritual experiences, that they could see visions and have visits from angels. But our pursuit of Jesus isn't just for experiences. Our pursuit of Jesus is for a deeper revelation of who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and what Jesus wants to still do today in and through each and every one of us. Our pursuit of Jesus is to know and love Jesus more deeply and live for him more boldly. 
This is how we live out the mission, as Jesus said it, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We say it here, go to the missing, love the marginalized, and live as God's kids. But before we jump into the text this morning, let's invite the God of both heaven and earth to reveal himself this morning to each and every one of us. Will you pray with me? God, just thanks. Thanks for the decisions that have been made and the celebration we're going to have here in just a few minutes, Lord. But God, in the meantime, would you come and, and just reveal yourself in a new way, that we'd leave here with a deeper understanding of who you are, what you've done, and what you want to do in each and every one of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Andy Rainey. I am one of the pastors here. If this is your first time joining us, obviously you've come on a great Sunday as we're going to celebrate some decisions. We're so glad you are here. As I mentioned, we're headed to Colossians chapter 3 in your Bibles. If you brought those, you can go ahead and open those there, turn your phones on, head there. If you don't have a Bible and want one, they're absolutely free in the back. They're our gift to you, so grab one now or on your way out. As I mentioned, the Apostle Paul, who writes this specific letter that we're going to look at, has already addressed many of these false beliefs of this community to whom he's writing to, which is why chapter 3 starts with a phrase or a word, depending on which translation you're reading, of using something that's like since, so, or if. We're going to be reading out of the new uh, DNIV, which starts with since. So he says, since then you have been raised with Christ. He's resetting these expectations. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is in your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Again, Paul's addressing directly their false belief system. They had received this new life in God, new life in Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. They no longer needed to struggle to work to attain that life, as the false teachers were trying to tell them. They thought it was all about the works. Everything they had to do would implement this spiritual realm. Since they had been raised a new life in Christ, they had a clear responsibility to Jesus, who's the one who raised them to this new life. He said, set your mind on things above. To seek something out is it's, it's to desire, to possess it. Paul is being specific on exactly what that is. It isn't some spiritual world that you would go to if you, if you, if you sought it well. It's Jesus Christ. That's what you're supposed to seek. It's our pursuit of Jesus it's where we learn to live out a life here and now in this world. Then Paul kind of shifts his attention to our actions on how we're to treat life on earth in its physical form. Again, this wasn't to get these you know, experiences. He's very clear. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he tells us what our earthly nature is. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming, he says. You used to walk in these ways and the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and you've put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. There is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised, or uncircumcised, barbarian, scathian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. There are two sets of sins really listed here. The first five refer to this sexual sin. The second five refer to sins of speech. The first five are related to their current culture, our old nature, 
sexual sin is any form of illicit uh, sexual relationship, we derive our term pornography from this Greek word that's used here. Impurity or moral uncleanliness, which is crudeness or insensitivity towards sexual matters. Lust, which is not only unhealthy sexual passion that leads to sexual immorality, it's the healthy desire for more. Evil desires are unhealthy desires of the flesh. Greed is the desire to acquire more and more regardless of its need. Greed can simply be defined as more. Greed is never satisfying. It just wants more and more. Paul reminds them that these behaviors aren't what God approves. That's not what he wants for us. It's when our lives, our actions, and our behaviors can be defined by these things that then God disapproves of them. Maybe you've heard it this way. Somebody famously said, we are what we repeatedly do, right? These are habits in our lives. Paul says, put those things to death. The last five sins are anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. They're the outflow of our hearts. It's what goes in them that comes out. It's when we do these, it's what comes out when we do these unhealthy things. Anger on its surface really is when we get angry, it's because we don't get our way or we don't get what we want, all of which are just signs of selfishness instead of contentment. Rage is an outburst of anger. Rage also comes from this selfish place. Malice, Malice behavior is when we do evil or bad in spite of the good we've received. It's purposeful. It's not accidental. Slanders when we destroy or harm another person's reputation with lies, gossip, or rumors. Dirty language is, when we use dirty language, there are words like the stealers or the chiefs, right? <laughs> That's in the original Greek, trust me. <laughs> there are also crude talk, you know, that's unhealthy, crude jokes, abrasive language. Paul says, get rid of these things. This means take them off like you would a piece of soiled clothing. I love the imagery that Paul uses here. He says, put them to death. Rid yourself of them. Take them off. In other words, quit walking around in them. Have a funeral. Leave them behind. Make the decision. Decide that's how you want to live. That's where it starts is a decision that you make. Then Paul gives us the next step in this process. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, that's every one of us, Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Janice talked a lot about this last week if you missed it. It says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Therefore, Since we have put to death, we have gotten rid of these things that he's talked about. Get rid of all these things, right? As God's chosen people, or we might say as one of God's kids, holy and deeply loved by God, since you've taken off that old soiled clothing, clothe yourself then with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then bind them all together in love. Maybe you've heard it said, you know, dress for the job you want or dress for success. Way before I was a pastor, most of my working career, I was in the lawn care industry. I was in management, a lot of the training, and we used to tell the new hires, like, if you show up to somebody's door in a uniform, they're going to assume you know everything that's going on with their lawn, right? We do this in everywhere we go. 
Find somebody with a uniform, they must know exactly what they're talking about. There's something that happens when you're dressed for the part. There's some expectations that are there, right? I think this is kind of the idea that Paul's getting at. He's alluding to putting Jesus on every day. Each morning when you get out of bed, instead of rising in that old creation and putting on those old soiled clothing, take them off. Don't put on the sexual immorality, the impurity, lust, evil, uh, the evil desires or greed. Instead, rise a new creation in Christ and put on Jesus. Bind it in love. Don't put on the old self. Put on compassion. Put on, put on kindness and humility. Put on gentleness and patience. Live your life bearing with one another, forgiving each other. It's both the choice we make and the life Jesus then helps us live. The more we live our lives in pursuit and with Jesus, the more this becomes our natural tendency. It becomes our new nature to put these things on. It becomes something we do every morning naturally. Like, I'm not putting my old self on. I am a new creation in Christ. I'm putting that on. And verse 14 tells us what the final piece of clothing is, which is like a belt that binds it all together. It said, over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is the agape love of God. It's the kind of love that only comes from God, the kind of love we can't live out just in our own strength. It only comes by the transforming power and love of receiving God's love and then allowing that love to transform us as it's lived in us. When we put on the true love of God, we will live a life of humility and understanding, our true pos- and we'll understand our true position as it relates to God and the, li- the lives we live and those we live with in service of him. The more we do this, the more natural it becomes. We won't have to think about it. Then our lives will naturally be full of gentleness, When we put on the true love of God, we'll naturally be more patient. All this happens when God works in us, through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, his spirit that's active and alive in every one of us when we say yes to Jesus. It's then that he increases our endurance and our ability to live a life more with his spirit and his wants than ours. Again, this isn't a pursuit of perfection. We will never arrive in perfection. It's in pursuit of Jesus. Remember, it's our intentions, not about our perfection. That's a decision we can all make. We can't do it all all on our own, but we can decide that we want to put sin to death. We want to rid ourselves of them. We want to take off that old soiled clothing. Then Paul tells us, since we are one of God's kids, one of his chosen and deeply loved by God children, we can clothe ourselves with his love over Again, this is something we can decide to do, to accept his love. We can say yes to Jesus. We can accept the wardrobe change and decide we want to put Christ on display in our lives. We can accept his agape love. And when we do that, when we allow it to to bind everything that we are and everything that we do in our lives, God's love unifies and it builds. And it's his love that, that builds us as we accept the leadership of Jesus and we accept his free gift of salvation because of our love for Jesus and his leadership in our lives, then we naturally begin to glorify who he is and what he's done in our lives. This is how we live out our mission. This is the series we're in. Go, love, live. This is how we live it out, to go to the missing, love the marginalized, and live as God's kids. 
it isn't about making ourselves do it either. It isn't about just willpower. It isn't about a bunch of rules of what you can and can't do. We complicate it. God made it really easy. Love him and love others. It is about choosing Jesus above everything else. And when we learn to do that, when that becomes our nature, that becomes our default, then we easily put to death our sin. We easily died our old self and rise a new creation in Christ every day. And if we are what we repeatedly do, then I think we could also say the secret to success is our daily routines, which is repeatedly pursuing Jesus. And if that is true, we can decide right now that's what we want to do, right? Today and every other day. That we want to die to our old self. We want to die to that sin. We want to rise again a new creation in Christ and live today in pursuit of him and who he is and his love for us, which is exactly what we're going to be celebrating in just a few minutes. People's decision to say, I'm putting away that old way of life, and I'm going in this, coming out of the water as a symbol of a new creation in Christ. They're putting away their old self and rising again a new self in Jesus a God who never leaves them, a God who will never forsake any of us, a God that's always for us, quick to forgive, and quick to equip. That's how we pursue Jesus. That's how we put away our old self and rise again a new creation in Christ. Grab your Connect cards that Jana mentioned when you walked in. We believe God has the next step for you this morning. Maybe it's baptism, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just one step closer to taking off the last article of clothing before you fully put on the new creation in Christ. Maybe today you make that decision. So we're going to offer you some next steps this morning. Some of you will have a different next step than I offer. I encourage you to just write that down. Just write your name, whatever you're comfortable with on the front of that connect card, and write what you think God has the next step for you. The first one is this. Accept Christ for the first time. Maybe today's the day you say yes to Jesus. Maybe you tried everything you know how to get rid of all your bad habits, the thing you continue to struggle with over and over and over. You say, I don't want to do that anymore. Repentance in scriptures means you're turning away from that thing, your life, and turning to Jesus, the one who offers life. He'll be your new leader. He'll be your new counselor. He'll be so many things in your life, but he he becomes active and alive in your heart, and you begin to see things. He changes you from the inside out, and each day becomes a better day. Well, if you've made that decision, go ahead and write that on your Connect card. Check that box. Make sure you grab some resources in the back. We want to follow up with you. You're not meant to do this alone. The second one is we do a memory verse every single series, and our memory verse, that means you commit this to, to memory the best way you know how, and it's not about getting every word right. It's about getting the meaning behind these scriptures. Write the scriptures on your heart. And our memory verse is, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We are holy and beloved, as we just read. We're deeply loved. Now, if we are children, then we are also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Everything that God has access to, we have access to. If indeed we shared in his suffering, in order that we may share in his glory. The kingdom of God is here, not fully experienced, but we have access to everything that he, he has access to. And here's the application for today. Decide daily, even this morning, to put sin to death, to get rid of that old nature, 
and instead clothe yourselves with Jesus and bind our life with the love of Jesus. Decide, capture those thoughts every morning, like, that's who I was. When the enemy comes and whispers in your ear, like, oh, you always do that. You said you were going to change, and you haven't. So that's who I used to be. That is not who I am. That does not define who I am in Jesus. That is a lie straight from the enemy because I've clothed myself with Jesus and his love. And I still may battle with sin, but sin does not have a stronghold on me. That's the power of Jesus. That's what happens when we accept his love. And the last way, or the last next step is to receive prayer. We have lots of ways you can do that. We'll have other opportunities later in the service to do that, but you can write your prayer requests on that Connect card. You can email us at prayer at blueashcc.com. There's a prayer wall in the back that you can utilize. Write out your prayer on that tag, and if you want everybody to pray for it, make sure everybody can see it. You just want the staff and the prayer teams make sure that writing is facing towards the wall. And then we'll have live prayer teams later that would be honored to pray for anything that's going on. And I can tell you, that's like the super weapon of our faith, really, is prayer. It's underutilized, I believe, so much in our own walk. But prayer is so impactful and so powerful. I can't encourage you enough to share your prayer requests with people that you trust. We pray, with, pray over these. We take these very seriously and be honored to pray for anything that's going on in your life and personally. We're going to go ahead and receive our offering. If you came prepared to give anything, thank you so much for investing in our mission. But if you would, also put in your Connect cards. And while they're doing that, I want to tell you a little bit about what's about to happen up here on this stage. We're going to baptize eight people this morning. We've already baptized one this morning. Yes. Uh, we did that before church as they wrestled a little bit with the crowd and the noise. So really, as I said earlier to the other people getting baptized, it's, it isn't about the celebration that we're going to experience here, and it will be a party if you've never been to a, a Blue Ash Community Church baptism, they're going to be, we're not golf clapping, okay? There's no golf clapping. We're woohooing, we're celebrating as if Joe Burrow was not hurt, right? Amen. That's right. And we're going to pray. We're going to spend the rest of the morning praying for him. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's going to be a party. We're going to celebrate. These are the big steps. Is, again, as I mentioned, when we say yes to Jesus, and this baptism illustrates a public uh, declaration of an inward decision, and that represents us dying to our old self. It's like a grave. You go in the water, and you die to your old self. You rise again, a new creation in Christ. And Scripture tells us when anyone gives their lives to, their lives to Christ, they say yes to Jesus, there is a celebration and party in heaven. Let's try to match it, right? And so what we're going to do, if you're getting baptized, if you're going to go ahead and head on out to the hall, and if you're baptizing somebody, if you also want to go ahead and get out in the hall, what we always like to ask people to do is to share a couple of paragraphs as why they wanted to get baptized. And so we'll read those, and then we'll baptize a few. And I just want you to, as you hear those, celebrate their journey to this point, because every person has a different journey. Every person has a different moment or reason why they want to get baptized. And so even when we do... When our kids wanted to get baptized, they'd say, Daddy, I want to get baptized. And we'd say, well, what does baptism mean? And we wanted them to be able to explain. This is just our approach to it. We wanted to give them, like, here's the six words you could say, right? And like, oh, that's why you We wanted them in their own heart, in their own way, to make their own decision. And so that's what we appreciate here in this journey that you allow us to play a part of, not just your uh, adult lives, but in the 
lives of your children. We have the greatest uh, children's pastor. Hannah, Miss Hannah does an amazing job, and she loves your children. Yes, absolutely. We do not take lightly. It is not just playtime back there. It is fun. We think Jesus would have fun as well, but they're learning about Jesus. Hopefully they're seeing that modeled really, really well, not just in, in the time they spend here, but when they go back home to all of you. That's our hope. That's our, our journey, that we'd all know how much we're deeply loved by Jesus and how that love can impact each and every one of our lives. So I'm going to pray. We're going to invite them in. I'm going to start reading a few stories. Sound like a plan? Are we going to scream and yell and celebrate? Yeah. All right. God, thanks thanks in advance for the decisions that have already been made, but God, for those that maybe made their decision this morning to follow you, would you begin to just release your love in a way that they would understand and know that it's you? God, you continue to blow us away with your, your love for us in spite of us and our own struggles. So right here, right now, we all are throwing off our old nature. We're putting on you. God, help us to do that each and every day. God, thanks so much for passionately pursuing us over and over and over, even when we wander. But right now, we lift our eyes to you, our gaze to you. We invite you into this moment you want to bring everybody in and I'm going to read the first story these are always an honor I've said that before but it gives you just a glimpse inside the journey that people have made uh, to pursue Jesus so the first person that's going to get baptized this morning in just a second will be Taylor just a second Taylor don't come up yet the water is warm by the way for those you wondering This is her journey. She said, it really began for me in fifth grade when my family moved to Ohio in the middle of the school year and my quiet, shy self was in desperate need of a good friend at my new school. God saw me. That friend came to me as a girl named Liz and her family. They were warm and welcoming and remembered the little things about me. They also invited me to church with them. She said, I will never forget the first time I heard worship music at church with the Holdens. I was blown away by how the words pierced my heart. The people were so joyful and how different I felt. And then I began to experience the power of prayer. I had prayed before in my life, but something happened when I prayed with others and they prayed over me. I experienced the humble or the Holy Spirit in the humble basement of the Holden's house. As God had so intentionally given eighth grade girls the idea of creating a a Bible study. We read the Bible every Sunday together, worshiped together, served together, shared life together. God saw me. In high school, I was enthralled by the character of Jesus and how he loved me. I remember coming home and reading the Bible for hours in my room, wanting to learn and know as much as I could. Jesus was kind and gentle with me, but also so awe-inspiring and magnificent. I knew that I wanted to give my whole heart and life to him, and so I did, and he carried me through life as much in the eighth grade as he does today. He was my only friend in times of disappointment 
when my senior year of high school was filled with loneliness and rejection. He taught me how to trust him in the unknown as I decided to go to Miami University. And there, I truly transformed my idea of community and friendship with people I met. To me, Jesus is the friend who has never left me. He is the God who sees me and gives me far more than I could ever ask or want. He's always gentle with me, even when I don't deserve it. He's been my comforter in times of great pain and despair. He's worked miracles before my eyes. He has shepherded me before, uh, shepherded me in love. He's the one I turn to for everything. And I know and trust that life is found only in him. I've, I've tasted it over and over, mostly through the people he has so generously given to me and little mercies like butterflies and unexpected phone calls and the sun hitting my face. Even now, a time of my life filled with so much joy and also battle with anxiety, Jesus is the friend right with me. Sometimes I feel like I can't hear him or see him, but I'm learning over and over that he is trustworthy and so much more gracious than I could ever know. So I wanted to get baptized today because God is merciful and kind and close, and I will spend my whole life rejoicing in that, learning it, and sharing it with the people that I'm around. Since when I was a baby, my parents dedicated my life to the Lord. I grew up attending church. I loved and desired to know who Jesus was. I gave my life to Jesus sometime in elementary school. And as a freshman in high school, I declared my belief in him to our church. Part of our church tradition was to write a statement of faith, including exactly what we believed. This was a huge part of my relationship with Jesus. And it was the first time I verbally declared my belief in him. He says, when I got to college, I grew deeper in my walk with Christ as I learned to share the gospel with others and how to lay down my life for his kids through the ministry of Young Life. Since declaring my personal relationship with Jesus and commitment to him in high school, the Lord has shaped me and refined me. He has convicted me of sin and revealed just a glimpse of his power and beauty of his grace to me. He has changed my life. She says, recently the Lord had been placing the desire for baptism on my heart. I felt weird about making this public declaration of faith as I've been following the Lord for over 10 years. But Jesus reminded me that he too was baptized and if baptism was something Jesus did to publicly declare his relationship with God, then I want to as well. Besides, I truly believe that I have to, that I have to wake up and choose to follow Jesus and receive grace from the cross every single day of my life. So today, in front of all you, she declares that Jesus is her Lord and Savior. She says, I have sinned, and, and he in his magnificent love for me came down to earth and died in my place so that I might be freed from the penalty of that sin, from that sin. And because he died and rose from that death, I get to have a personal relationship with God of the universe who made me and adores me just as I am, and I get to spend an eternity in heaven next two people we will baptize is Jake and Ivy. Jake says, the reason I want to get baptized today is because God saved me when I was hurt and wanted to quit everything. Sorry. Then God talked to me through my football coach who called me before my first start as a freshman as a high schooler. At the time, I was about to do something I, I regret ever thinking about. 
First, he asked me how I was doing. He said, he, if I was, he asked me if I was ready for tomorrow. I said, yes. He said, good. I can't wait to see you play. Jake says, that reminded me that I had a whole team of brothers who needed me the next day. He said, God called me home that night, and ever since then, I wanted to get baptized. Ivy says, I love Jesus. I decided I wanted to be baptized because I believe that Jesus sacrificed himself to save us. He gave us the Holy Spirit to always be with us in our hearts and to help us make the right decisions and spread the word of God to others, that he is great. Jake? The next two will be L. says, I was dedicated as a child of God when, when she was first born. As a family, the parents say, we always felt it was important to raise her with a solid foundation in Christ and then let her decide when she felt the time was right for her to be baptized. Elle shared that her stomach always felt weird when she watched people get baptized and she would get so nervous. Something would always tell her no, which she felt was the devil standing in her way. This time, when Miss Hannah asked the class if anyone was interested in learning more about baptism, she raised her hand. Elle said her stomach didn't feel weird, and that she knew she didn't need to think about it anymore. She feels happy knowing she made a good choice to believe in God, and she's ready to get baptized. Maya said, recently, I've opened myself up to God more. I feel like going to the outpouring, which was a youth retreat they went on a few weeks ago, really connected her closer to him. She said, I found it hard to trust him before now, but now it's like something has changed. She said, I've never been this close with God, and now that I am, I want to give myself to him and get baptized. Well, how fun is this? <laughs> the next person being baptized is Alex. She says, I wasn't the best kid growing up. I got in the wrong crowd in high school, and over the years, I continued that path that led me to a very dark spot in my life. She said, I was spiraling out of control and needed guidance. I had a moment in my life where my world felt like it stopped and reality hit me. I needed to change. Fast forward a few years. I met my husband, Billy. That's not me, Alex. <laughs> That is when my interest and faith peaked. She said, we bought a house, and shortly after, we met Hannah and Craig. This is Craig. Miss Hannah's our children's director. She says, they may or may not be the coolest neighbors. Little did I know, this was her ticket into church, she said. Hannah and Craig offered Blue Ash Community Church to Billy and me and with open arms. She said, I immediately was drawn to the environment and craved more. She said, I joined a small group, signed up to volunteer, registered for more information on upcoming ways to serve and be involved. She said, when Blue Ash Community Church mentioned Baptism Sunday, she said, I felt overwhelmed with emotion and had an urge to sign up immediately. So she did. She said, to be honest, I didn't know what it meant to be baptized, but I knew I was feeling this level of urgency. I wasn't feeling this le level of urgency for nothing. She said, I prayed about it and found my clarity. This was my next step in following Jesus Christ. She said, the change that I needed was in front of me from the beginning. I was just too blind to see it. She said, I'm being baptized because I'm ready to take this next step in my spiritual journey, and I'm so thankful and blessed to have found the Ash Community 
Since then, I've been praying about it and feel like God is asking me to get baptized. I want to follow Jesus. Tyler? Take a minute and talk about some of the values we value here. You might have noticed a different expression of people around there. Uh, there's a lot of assumption, like the pastor's the one who baptized. That's not what we believe at all. We believe if you've been baptized, you can baptize somebody. And really, our core value is the people in your life shape your life. So we want people to be baptized by those that are most influential in their, their life with Jesus. So that's why you've seen different expressions of different people here. Some with just a few people and some as this last one was with a whole family of people. I find that so exciting. But there's still one more step today. There's one more opportunity this morning. That's our last scheduled baptism, but it may not be God's last scheduled baptism this morning. And we do this every time we do baptisms. We give people an opportunity to spontaneously be baptized. And I use that word spontaneously loosely because you may have just been spontaneous about it, but God's been ready for this your whole life. So if you've given your life to Christ, maybe even as early as this morning, or you've been a follower for years, but have yet to publicly declare, express that in baptism, now's your opportunity, you can do it. And here's the common thoughts or excuses why people won't do that. Well, I'm not dressed for it, right? Like, okay, God's not surprised. We do have some t-shirts we can give you, but don't let wet jeans or a shirt prevent you from what you feel like God's calling you to do right now. This happens more times than you would think. People will get spontaneously baptized. So I want to just take a moment. I want to pray. If that's you and you're wrestling with it, I want to pray for you. This isn't a pressure thing, by the way. This has nothing to do with me or Blue Ash Community Church. It's everything to do with you and your relationship with Christ and what you feel like Jesus is calling, to you, calling you to do in this very moment. And if you have somebody that you'd like to baptize you, they can come up with you like me to baptize you, I'd be honored to do that as well. I'll stand over here to, uh, when I'm done praying and just give you a moment to process that. Just simply come up to me and, and say you want to get baptized, we'll have a quick conversation and we'll get you baptized. If those of you who are like, man, you talked about prayer, I really feel like I'd like to be prayed for. We have prayer teams in the back corner over there. We'd be honored to pray for anything that's going on in your life. We believe God heals today, so if you want to ask for healing, go ask for healing and see what God does. But don't miss your opportunity to be prayed for either of this one. But right now, I want to pray for those that are considering being baptized still this morning. Will you pray with me? God, just thanks. Thanks for this expression of faith that we've seen this morning. And the celebration that we got to engage in. Thanks for that just little moment of heaven, Lord. But right now, God, we just ask you to come right now, right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, would you speak to those very clearly who may have just given their life to you, have said yes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or those that maybe have been following you for years, this in one story we heard, but haven't publicly declared their faith through baptism. God, would you give them that, that clarity that they need, that courage that they need, 
to step out in faith even right now in their full clothes and get baptized to express to those in this community in this moment their love for you so just come Lord by the power of your Holy Spirit make that next step of baptism 